The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Today marks the four-year anniversary since the death of Lyra McKee. Uh, on this anniversary, we're joined by her sister Nicola, Nicola McKee Corner. Uh, Nicola, you're very welcome to the show, and thanks a million for taking the time to speak to us. It, it strikes me that. The anniversary this year coincides with these um, celebrations around the Good Friday Agreement and and, and of peace. Uh, and I just wonder how, how all of that sits with you, that that that, that coinciding in time, that, that death and the celebration. You see, I think what's really happening is really a commemoration and a renewal of the commitment to the principles of the Good Friday Agreement rather than a celebration, you know, um, I think that that is what is taking place here at the moment. I think it's right to commemorate um, the Good Friday Agreement because, as we know, um, thousands of lives have been saved because of it and we have been able to live in relative peace. I think it's too soon, definitely too soon, to celebrate um, all of the successes of the Good Friday Agreement because Lyra. Uh, was the 160th conflict-related death since its signing in 1998. And for me, one is too many. Um, And in particular, the murder of my own sister is just um, too much to bear. You know, we were promised three things. We were promised peace, we were promised prosperity, and we were promised protection. And... um, Peace, well, you could say it was delivered on to some degree, but it, the spoils of that peace haven't reached every um, section of our community, uh, which leads to prosperity, of course. Mm. Um, yes, you know, some people have benefited from peace in our, our country, but from where we're from and where we live, where we grew up, um, where I continue to live, um there's still a lot of deprivation. There's still a lot of poverty. I'm a school teacher and some of my children um, who um, I serve, you know, can't come to school some days because they haven't got the bus fare. And that should never be the case when we were promised a, a better life for everyone. And I think until the better life for everyone comes down through all of the sections of community, we we can't really celebrate it. And of course, the third one was protection. Our parents, we were told I was 23 when the Good Friday Agreement was signed. I already had two of my own children at that young age. And, you know, um, at that time, we were told that this would be the end of our children dying young, that our children would be safe now. And as Lyra pointed out, that was the lie that hurt the most because um, 160 people lost their lives in conflict-related incidents since 1998. So while absolutely it's a time to commemorate um, a historic agreement and commemorate, you know, the lives that were saved, we also have to honour Um, all of the lives that weren't saved. And we can't forget as well, nearly 4,000 people did lose their lives. Many, many, many more people lost their lives through um, suicide connected to the conflict. And 
families all over this country are suffering ongoing trauma, many of whom, like ourselves, have yet to have any source of justice for the the murders and the deaths of mm. their loved ones. And it's just it's just not good enough and it's not a time to celebrate. And I think that the the leaders at the moment and the people who have been um organizing the Good Friday Agreement commemorations have been very conscious of that. And I think that they've been very sensitive to the fact that um, while the Good Friday Agreement certainly opened a door and allowed us to, to have relative peace, um, that it, it has yet to achieve everything that it promised at the time. Mm. And now is the time to reignite and renew our commitment to those promises so that there can be no more mothers losing their children. It's just not good enough. Yeah, your two kids who were very young at the time, and they're not quite peace babies, but not, not, not far off it. Um, how radically different did you suspect their lives might be in 1998? Well, I certainly expected their lives to be um, much more uh, inclusive, open. I I expect them to be able to live without fear, to be able to um, go anywhere in our city without worrying about what might happen to them. Um, and to a degree, that is the case. My children were brought up just like myself and my husband and, and all of my family, which was to respect every person that you come across and not to judge people by their labels and my children. Um, I, I also have a peace baby who was born in 2000. Um, and my children have all been brought up with um with that emphasis in their life that everyone is just a person, people are people. And that has enabled them to have friends right across the divide, just like we do, just like Lyra did and will continue to do. But I certainly hoped better for them in terms of um, prospects and what might be available to them mm. uh, economically, um, because that that hasn't transpired, that hasn't um, come to benefit people from working class communities yet. I'm, I'm not trying to lure you into kind of a party political discussion, but do, do you worry at all that there's too much focus now on the unity debate and border polls as opposed to those three things, fulfilling those three promises that were made to you and your generation in 1998, perfecting the peace, in other words? Yes, I think perfecting the, the peace has to come first. I think that we need to build a stable society in Northern Ireland first before we begin to look at the constitutional debate. You know, this debate has been holding back Northern um, politics for generations and generations and will continue to do so. It needs to um, take a back seat really, and to get the real issues sorted out and and embedded into society so that um, should there ever come a time that 
there is the need or the desire for a constitutional debate that we are able to do so from a place of peace and prosperity and um and seem like uh that it's a uh, an appropriate i ideal for some people now but it really actually is very 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 divisive and has the potential to continue to destabilize um politics here in northern ireland and i said very recently to our politicians that they need to uh get their own houses in order before they begin to get on with the constitutional debate our lira wrote in a piece that she didn't want a united ireland or a stronger union she wrote that she wanted a better life and i think that for the vast majority of people in northern ireland that's what they want they want a better life they want um greater opportunities for their young people they want to be able to live in peace with their neighbors and they don't want division yeah it's funny that that quote from her and i i, I had heard it as well it's um I mean, it echoes that great line from from John Hume. I, we can be guilty of overcomplicating things. And what did he say? The job of all politicians, of any hue, is simply to improve the living standards of their constituents. Full stop. That's the end of it. Absolutely. absolutely. You're absolutely 100%, as was John Wright. That, or sorry, John Hume. Um, that is what we need to do. We need to focus on that and everything else will follow. You know, if you have a more stable society, uh, a more peaceful society, if you've got politics that's working for the people, because, you know, for a lot of politicians in recent years, particularly in the last 12 to 14 years, it has been party political. It has been politics for the party and not politics for the people. And we really need to um, encourage our politicians to get back to polit politics for the people. And um, in that way, those more difficult debates, those difficult conversations that may be required in the future can happen within a, a stable environment without um, the fear of the the government falling again or our country going back into disarray and um, gunmen coming out onto the streets. You know, there's posters up just down the road for me um, with the face of Leo Varadkar threatening um, going back to violence. We should not be still seeing images like that posted up in our streets in this day and age, 25 years after the Good Friday Agreement. We shouldn't be living in a state where our peace, for what it is, is continuously threatened by either hardline unionists or hardline Republicans. We shouldn't be in that situation 25 years on and our politicians need to do a lot to, to try and um, to mend that, to try and curtail that because often, and I hate to say it, but quite often, some of our politicians could be um, accused of stoking up sectarian tensions and making divisions worse. Nicola McKee, corner sister of Lyra McKee. Nicola, an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you so much for inviting me. God bless you. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four.
on News Talk.